0: This episode of Off My Shelf contains coarse language and adult conversation. Listener discretion is advised. tracy james and welcome to off my shelf a podcast about movies that are well off my shelf where we go through my duties and talk about the movies in my collection in this episode austin wong joins me in talking about two classic 80s movies with return to oz and romancing the stone welcome
1: hello tracy
0: it has been a while
1: it has too long too long i would say
0: much too long and surprise surprise you're back here and it's technically the Valentine's Day episode again. What? Oh my God, what? it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious.
1: I did not even think of that. But
0: I only thought about that today when I was just like, wait, when is this episode coming out? I'm like, oh my God, this is the Valentine's Day episode again. What is I, what is going on? It happens I every single time.
1: I love this. I love this tradition, this inadvertent <laughs> tradition. I, I feel yeah. like I should always be a valentine.
0: I think so. I and I, I accept I accept this for <laughs> sure. If you ever pick movies that are not in this time period, I'm moving you. I'm sorry, It's
1: I remember the first time we did this, too. It was live in person and you mm-hmm. fed me cinnamon hearts
0: yes i did i used to well that was the thing i always had candy around and i was like feeding it to people um and now i never have candy around because nobody comes over anymore and it's so sad that
1: is sad it is
0: sad. it's okay i just eat candy by myself while i'm watching the movies to prepare for this it's okay it's okay (laughs) uh we'll make it we'll make it um but yeah uh so quick question have you ever watched um return to oz or Romancing the stone before
1: now, that is a good question that you're asking me for this episode, because in the past, mm-hmm. I've always seen the movies because I'm always telling you, oh, I love this movie. I love this movie. This particular episode, I chose it because I I, I have seen Romancing the Stone. I love Romancing the Stone. It's like yeah. one of my favorite 80s movies. But I have never seen Return to Oz before before this.
0: Okay, thank you. Because so when I was younger, I saw this movie like when I when I say younger, I was like 10 or something when I first saw this movie. And literally, besides my brother who would have watched it with me, nobody had ever heard, ever seen this movie. They're like, it doesn't exist. You're a crazy person. And then here comes the internet, and here comes IMDb, and here comes Google. And I'm here searching for this movie, find out it exists. And then one day, I'm like, I I don't know, somewhere it's in a bin. And I was like, it exists. It's real. And I watched it. And I felt the same terror I did when I originally saw it when I was 10 years old. Yep. And I love it. That's all I, I
1: said. Okay. That's a great story. Cause like, I feel like it is a sort of under the radar kind of 80s movie. And I was like talking to my husband and go, what, what movies are you doing for this? And I told him, and he, he was like, Return to Oz. And he said, How are you going to watch that? Like that. And I was like, I, at the time, I didn't realize it was so obscure. I said, This is like, Oz, isn't this like a massive property? It should be easy to find. It was easy to find, it's on Disney Plus, but yeah. Um I don't think he'd seen it either. So I was surprised because I mean it's a pretty big property. I'm surprised it didn't have a bigger push.
0: Yeah, like I knew it was uh well because I had the DVD, so I knew it was a Disney property because it says Walt Disney return to Oz right on the on the case. And but I was still shocked they actually had it on Disney Plus. Like I was fully prepared to be like Austin, I got to bring this to you to watch this because it doesn't exist anywhere. I was <laughs> fully prepared to have to do that, um, but I was really glad it was just like easy. It's like it's available. You can just yeah. watch, you can just stream it. It's all good. And um, but yeah, like I still mo- the majority of people I know that are my age have never heard of it and have never seen it. So
1: well, I I feel like having watched it, I actually really liked it. I feel like I like dark fantasy kind of kid movies, mm-hmm. but. If it was really trying to attract 10 year olds or whatever, it feels to me, and I'm saying this as an adult, but I feel like it's too scary for kids. Like I was watching it and my daughter Maddie was in the basement and I debated um, seeing if she wanted to watch it with me, but she's not really into movies right now. She only wants to watch like short form stuff, but I was watching it and I kind of knew she would be too scared. Like I feel like that movie, it's really, I think, well done. It's interesting. Like, I like that there's, I think, very creative bad guys that come in their path. Uh, very creative challenges they have to get through, and the threats are kind of interesting, and it, it moves quite quickly for an 80s movie, especially. Um, but they're pretty scary. Like, I feel like... I don't know. Well, do not want to get into the details?
0: Oh, <laughs> yeah. No, I absolutely agree with you. It's, it's... I... Even watching it now, like, I remember the fear I had when I originally watched this. I was like... Because my parents would have put it on because they're like, no, this is a Disney movie. It's for kids. Have a go at it. You yeah. just watched it, right?
1: And the original but, is such a classic, right? Yeah. Everybody, yeah.
0: Exactly. And, um, like, even watching it now, and I was like, yeah, I'm still scared of that thing. That thing's still creepy. Oh, my God. Like, even it's the crazy. good
1: guys are kind of creepy. Yeah, <laughs> like... they all
0: are. Yeah, they really oh. all are. Yeah. Can we
1: just start with the beginning, though? Like, for a light-hearted... I mean, I I would say The Wizard of Oz is a pretty lighthearted movie, even though as a kid, I remember when we were watching on TV, I was terrified when she's trapped in the tower and that hourglass is counting down. Like, I, the stress of it, even though nothing really visually awful is happening, just the worry for her, I found scary. But other than that, it's quite a, a joyous movie in lots of ways with the munchkins and, and the discovery and everything. This movie, it picks up and poor Dorothy is somewhat catatonic and right away, she's shipped off to some mental institution, tied down to a gurney and about to be subjected to electrosho- electroshock therapy. And you can hear the screams of damaged patients that are locked in the cellar. Like what fresh hell is this? Like. I was shocked that this is how this movie begins. Yeah,
0: it fully starts like a horror movie, like a proper horror movie. Like, she's going to be in this asylum and, you know, Oz is going to appear and it's uh, murderers or something, which kind of is what happens. But... It is is much creepier. It is so (laughs) much creepier than you would ever think it would be, especially for a kid's movie. And
1: actually psychotic humans, like we're not even in Oz. And there's these two creepy adults that want to basically torture this girl.
0: Yes. Yeah, and they seem to be looking forward to it. And even even the scene where, like, the doctor is really being nice to Aunt M and trying to show her, like, no, we're going to take care of her in, like, a good way. And here's the machine we're going to use. And look, it looks like it has a face. And it's yeah. pointing out the features and stuff. And it's like, you're going to have a great time. I was like, what is happening here? It's crazy. It's,
1: it's crazy. And I was like, Aunt M, what the? Like, how are you doing this? Like, how are you surrendering your child to this nut job. It seemed like a crazy thing. Anyway, I, that whole beginning I found was incredibly dark. And even like to, to, to save themselves, they jump into a, an overflowing <laughs> river and it looks like one of the girls just drowns cause we never see her again until I guess the end. But it yeah. was like, I was, this is pretty dark. And I, I, I was glad I didn't bring Maddie up.
0: Yeah, when I it's, was watching it's very dark. It's very intense. Actually, I would say the whole movie is that even like the quote unquote whimsical moments in the movie have like this dark undertone to it that you're just like, What well, I agree? I don't even yeah. think
1: this movie has as much whimsical moments because I think the whole movie is pretty dark. Like yeah, the whole movie, like she ends up, realizes she's an odd somehow, thankfully, and immediately says, We can't touch the sand or we'll die and turn into sand. <laughs> yes. Like that's the very first thing. And then yeah. and then and then she shows up and the yellow brick road is is completely dilapidated. The Emerald City is in ruins. Like it's a very grim movie. And then yeah. all of the people are turned to stone.
0: And she finds the dancers with their heads cut off. Their and then heads cut
1: off. It and was, then yeah.
0: yeah. And then the wheelers show up, and it's this creepy rolling sound that reminds you of the gurney from the asylum. And you're yes. just like, what? And is the wheelers happening? are
1: very malevolent looking. Like they're very instantly evil.
0: Yes. Very instantly evil. Like you see them, and you're just like, that can't be good. There's nothing. No. There's nothing good about this that at all.
1: Joker-like, kind of maniacal laugh, kind of situation. Like, it, mm-hmm. yeah, it's scary. And then I feel like it gets even worse because she goes to that castle for the princess. Yeah, there is a hall of heads. There is a hall of disembodied heads. And then there's a scene where this headless woman. Gets up and menaces people, and all of the heads in the cabinet start screaming. I was like, what the hell? Yeah. I, it was Like, that was, like, a true horror scene, I felt like. It well, was-
0: even, even before that scene, like, when you first get into the hall with the heads, she switches heads. So there's a scene where she, like, takes off her head, huh. and her headless body walks to another head in a cabinet, opens it, and puts a head on again and you're just like what is happening
1: and the heads all seem to be conscious the whole time kind of watching her and so they're kind of trapped in their little boxes until she decides to wear them out
0: yeah and then and then the new head says Dorothy's really pretty but she's too young so I'm gonna lock her upstairs until you're old enough and then I'll take your head yeah I'm gonna lock you in a
1: tower until your head grows big enough and then I'm gonna chop off your head
0: yeah yeah he goes "What?" (laughs) <laughs> and now, And now this is what, 15 minutes into the movie? This, yeah. Something like well,
1: that? It's it's ridiculously dark. I mean, these are it's... mortal threats constantly. I think it's a little further than 15 because we've already seen her like we've already had her escape from the wheelers who said that they're going to rip her piece by piece.
0: Oh, that's right. They do <laughs> do that, don't they? Oh, they my say gosh. they're
1: going to rip her apart. Yeah, like, this is graphic threats, not yeah. like falling asleep in a poppy field or yeah. some unnamed threat that happens when the timer runs out. It's like, we're going to yeah. shred you.
0: Yeah, you, you're not finding munchkins who are giving you candy and a yeah. really pretty princess shows up no. and give you magic There are no shoes.
1: munchkins. There's nothing now, but. And so, you know, the new versions of her friends are obviously like the Tin Man is obviously the new version of the Tin Man.
0: A TikTok. tock.
1: The, of TikTok, yeah. yeah, and the Mechanical Man TikTok mm-hmm. is like the new version of it. And then I guess, in a way, like, and then I would say Pumpkin Jack, Pumpkinhead, is kind of like the new Scarecrow because he's made of sticks and things. Yes, and his he's quite terrifying looking, like this tall, lanky thing with big pumpkin head. Yes. And my husband, because he was in and out, said. um Apparently, Jack Skellington is modeled after Jack Pumpkinhead from Return to Oz.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. That, that makes sense, actually, now that I think about it.
1: So apparently, Tim Burton has said that. Mm-hmm. That's the inspiration for Jack Skellington.
0: I will also give you another piece of trivia about um, Jack in this. Um, Jack is actually voiced by Jim Henson's son, Brian Henson. Really? Yes. Yeah.
1: That's cute. I kind but, of liked his voiceover. I, you know, the other thing about Jack, so he looks, I think, kind of creepy, even though he's got, you know, that voice, which is a friendly boyish voice, kind of compensates for it. But um, I thought it was creepy that he wanted to call little Dorothy mom. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I was just like, is it okay if I call you mom and happy, happy, happy she was wrong. She's like, yeah, that's cool. I'm like, is it? Cool? Is it? i don't i disagree <laughs> um <laughs> i can't Ugh. i can't call him a grown man but i'm just like a weird giant pumpkin head dude wants to call me mama. i'd be like um maybe
1: not maybe yeah
0: not. or let's talk about it later or something <laughs> like not right now we're in the middle of escaping this possible torture chamber um to get out of here with our lives
1: and then and then they build that moose head yeah. Gump. The gump.
0: The gump. The the tied a moose head to two sofas yeah. and gave it palm tree wings and brought just it to pl- life. Yes.
1: And then he's all like, Well, I don't think I'm gonna be alive for much longer because I don't think you put together any very well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Look, at least he's honest. Yeah. I just gotta say he's honest. You know. You know,
1: the trick of this movie is like the content is I, I you know, very dark, like so much threat and dark and death and all that kind of thing but the characters delivery of their lines just keep it at a we're a children's movie still
0: mm-hmm. like yes we're, we're- they do well they they it's not even that they keep it at a children movie level they keep it at um well how can i describe it at like they inject a humor in a sensible way yeah it's like it's like the chicken, for example, is like around and she's just dropping comments, right? Yeah, I know. You know, like they, they went to, right at the beginning, they go to like the the lunch pail tree and like she pulls out a sandwich. And she's like, I'm real happy it wasn't fried chicken. Yeah, you're like, okay. Exactly. You know?
1: <laughs> she's like the sassy chicken. Yeah. <laughs> which
0: so, it showed up out of nowhere, which I thought was very odd, but she they, was very necessary to the story. I guess they couldn't figure out how to get the chicken there.
1: No, but I she was she was sort of like the Toto, like she was the replacement for Toto, because Toto yes. wasn't there, so the chicken is the pet. But I just think the word chicken in and of itself is sort of a funny word. Like, whenever somebody says chicken, it just, the way it looks, the way it sounds, I just think it's an inherently silly word. It just sounds it funny. It is.
0: Um, I, I absolutely agree with you. Yeah.
1: So, uh, <laughs> it's like, there's a scene early on that made me cackle out loud. It was like, <laughs> the rock was talking to the gnome king and the the servant rock says, she has a chicken with her. <laughs> and then the gnome king goes, a chicken? <laughs> the, like the heavy meaning and weight assigned to the word chicken in the delivery was just, I thought it was very funny. I laughed well, longer I- than I could have
0: well it because it's in a position in the movie where you have no idea why anybody would be scared of a chicken and they say this like you know like it's a the most horrendous massacres coming their way or something and you're just like he said chicken right it's it's like chicken why are they so scared of chicken exactly. i mean it works out later in the story why it makes sense and blah 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 but at the same time at that point in time you're just like yeah. he's he's scared of a chicken you <laughs> like, know that there's you
1: some reason and i you know so i knew that i'm glad there was a payoff to the whole chicken thing but yes was, yeah i thought that was pretty funny
0: i mean it took a long time to get there you don't get there until the very end of the movie Yeah, but but yes, it pays off because if that line did not pay off, I would have been so confused.
1: But yeah, even if the line hadn't, if it hadn't paid off, I would have maybe even loved it more because it was so random. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So let's talk about what happens when they get out of the uh, the head, the headless woman's castle. And so Um, they end up at the big the big finale place like The Rock. Mountain,
0: yeah, so yeah, so um, so so this book is actually still like based on what's what's the writer's name? Um,
1: Frank uh, Baum,
0: Frank L. Baum, yeah, he's he's the writer of like The Wizard of Oz that the movies are based off of, and apparently, this is one of the other books, is it's what two
1: this of the books it's apparently Land of Oz and Ozma of Oz.
0: Oh, really? So it's with two it's books in here. Okay. Um, yeah, so I didn't know any of that. I, I just assumed some writers in the room were like, what can we do next? And they came up with this. I didn't realize there were more books. I never read the books in school. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. Um, also, I have to admit, the original Wizard of Oz movie, I've maybe seen once in my life. Seriously. Seriously. Really? And I don't even think I saw all of it in one sitting. It was like a piece here, a piece there, a piece here. I have definitely watched this movie many more times than the original Wizard of Oz. And also The Wiz a lot more times than The Wizard of Oz.
1: That's really interesting. Like, I, wow. I have to see The Wiz again. I remember watching it once.
0: Mm -hmm. I remember the
1: subway, the subway scene.
0: God, that subway scene scares me. It still, still scares get, me.
1: Like and the noise they made as the pools kind of came out with the yes. whatever
0: and goes. those things hunting them get bigger and bigger yes. and bigger. And yes. oh. yeah.
1: Oh, I it's the whole thing. Yes, it is the whole thing. But I'm really, I'm generally shocked you haven't watched the whole wow because it's such a classic. Like The Wizard of Oz is such a classic. I feel like
0: yeah.
1: I don't know why I feel like it was on TV all the time and I just watched it a lot.
0: Really, I see. But that my thing is I don't find it was on TV all the time mm. and. Like as I got older and I was like, do I have to, I mean, I know what the story is. Do I have to watch this? I've seen the, I'm melting, I'm melting. I've seen that stuff, (laughs) you know? Oh, what a world, (laughs) what a world. Yeah, I was... I've heard the asbestos snow story, you know? I heard about the Tin Man, the guy who played him getting all kinds of cancer and stuff from the paint. I've heard all the stories. Do I need to watch this? And apparently my answer is no, because I haven't. Um, But I think at some point in time I should. Maybe you should. Yeah, I, I actually agree with you, because I think, like, the way you're describing how whimsical, like, I knew the original was whimsical, don't get me wrong. But for some reason I keep feeling that it's a, there's a darkness to it like this movie, like not, not as, as intense. Dark.
1: It's not as dark.
0: Definitely not as dark. So
1: the other thing is it's 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 not quite a full-blown musical, but there's musical numbers. Yeah. Right. Like she sings we're off to to find the wizard, and there's mm-hmm. whole all the songs in Munchkin Land and like it's more like a musical kind of, you know, technicolor old school musical with dance numbers so like they just naturally have a bit of a energy and a lift to them
0: yes yeah which
1: this movie has no music music no musical numbers and no happy creatures like everybody is quite
0: distraught in some way yes yeah yeah all the music in here is very ominous and you know scary they're like oh here you're at the asylum like you know it's that kind which of
1: to be honest now like these days that's my favorite kind of thing i love ominous music i love suspense i love things that sort of inch towards horror if not and i do like horror movies except i'm such a chicken i watch them through my hands so <laughs> movies that kind of are horror adjacent and not quite there i i really like that and so this is the kind of movie that i feel i would have appreciated as a kid if i had my sensibility now
0: <laughs> yeah yeah, because it's not, um, the thing about it, it, it's dark, but it's not like bloody or no. actively violent. Like there's not a lot of like people stabbing each other or anything. You're just running for your life, which I don't know if that's I mean, much the better, threat but... of
1: violence here I still think is pretty graphic, like being ripped limb by limb or having your head chopped off or anything like that. But again, like the characters respond to these threats in such a matter-of-fact way. And like, so like, look, look at the end. So the end... They get to this mountain and I found the stop motion plasticine animation of the rocks to be amazing. Charming. I, I loved it.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. Because like you can tell what's happening, but I thought it was very charming because you can see what's happening. It was so consistent and I just thought it looked good. I liked it. I thought it was fun.
0: Yeah. It's, but, it aged, the thing is about it is that it, it aged really well because yeah. it's very clear that yes, of course, it's not real and it's not like CG or anything. But it's like hand-done animation and it just looks good still.
1: It looks great and it looks like fantasy kind of world. Like it looks alternate reality or whatever. But I feel like I really liked that sequence also because the Gnome King, the big rock mountain king, is definitely set up to be the evil person. Like he's kind of plotted their downfall. he's Kidnapped Scarecrow and everything, but I thought they did a pretty good job of kind of making him that kind of menacing thing that tries to look friendly with that booming, like big booming voice, yeah. but is actually really evil. Which I yeah. f- like, which is even more disturbing because it kind can- he kind of gains your trust and then to the point where you can think you could like him, but then he still wants to kill you and he kills you with a smile on his face, which yeah. I thought was interesting.
0: Yeah, um, well, you don't really see, you see the minion a bunch of times, but you don't really see him until the very end when she gets to the mountain. Right. And then, so up until that point, he's just like this ominous figure. You've never seen him. You don't know what he looks like. And you're just like, oh, that's clearly the bad guy. Clearly the bad guy. And then she gets to the mountain and you see him, but he's smiling. And he's being really nice and polite. And he's like, and he actually don't said worry about it. He
1: actually says, what can I do to make you happy?
0: Yes. You know, and he's like, he's like winning her over. And because of that, she agrees to something without really understanding what the consequences are going to be. And that's where the threat comes in again, where you're just like, oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But it's also like he's so nonchalant about it like when she first meets up with scarecrow for like two seconds and she's so happy to see him and scarecrow is happy to see her and then he disappears and then the king says she goes what happened he goes i turned him into an ornament and he seems very fine with it and it's like (laughs) yeah and then yeah that challenge that you speak of where he says you know if you guess which one then i'll let you go and I guess that's my lawyer, brain. like, well, what happens if you don't ask? What happens if you don't? And of course she does not ask, but, yeah. um, and then the fact that one by one they keep guessing and they have to guess and uh, they're not c- choosing correctly. So they're all trained into ornaments. Like it's a pretty dark sequence again, cause it's quite drawn out. Like yeah. each friend goes in there and they're worried they're not going to come back. And they have like these little farewells, like they're going to their death and like that Jack, pumpkin head it says it's okay i mean it's probably worse for you because you know what it's like to live and to do things and i'm already dead or like it's a grim kind of goodbye yeah,
0: yeah.
1: and they, uh, they,
0: they really thought they were like well i suck so i guess this is it for me you know yeah yeah
1: and, and I mean, um, like a kid, if i'm at all attached to these characters i think i'd be freaking out
0: yeah and then that's and that's kind of uh, what you feel you more feel for Dorothy than what's happening to the characters themselves, yeah. Yeah. because you see her getting sadder and more worried, yeah. and um uh, Fruugo also see her being more alone. Yeah, and she's very good at having that like big watery eyes that you're just like she's gonna cry, but she like holds it together. Yeah. Um, and it's just yeah, it's just a very. I forgot how intense that yeah. like moment was. You know, and they have no options. By they have
1: no escape. They have to go in there and probably die. There's yes. that's their only option.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's and that's it. Yeah. Um, luckily, you know, she starts winning, which is good. Yeah. But you know, as soon as she does start to win, that's when you see the gnome king change his attitude, where he does start becoming that clearly violently evil being you know bringing brimstone and destroying everything around her and the fire and
1: trying to eat them alive
0: yeah (laughs) which is also incredibly scary just like that was an
1: incredibly horrific image for a kid to watch when he's plucking them up and this dangling them as they're screaming no and then just trying to eat them. But like, before he even gets there, I thought it was quite disturbing that every time one of the friends dies and turns into an ornament, he got more and more human. And I guess that's his goal. But until he announces that, I remember like he was just plasticine and then he's mostly plasticine, but he had human eyes. And I thought that was really creepy. Like this whole rock creature that's just clearly some sort, of, sort of clay rock, or even if it is rock, with these glistening human eyes set inside the rock yeah also i think quite a creepy image
0: yeah and then the next time you see him he just he's just like this guy with like caked on makeup all over yeah. his face it just looked well, like he's had like a, a mud mask on and you're just like yeah. when you get out of the mud the the mud tub you gotta wipe that off you know, <laughs> like-
1: <laughs> he actually when he was like in the more human form like i think he looked like the old burger king mascot <laughs> <laughs> all i could think yes. of when it's like oh my god burger king's gone evil like <laughs> it's it's evil rock burger king
0: i believe it i mean he served what it was limestone cupcakes and molten silver molten or something Silver. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she i love that i love how dorothy's looking at the cup and she's like i'm gonna put this down now yeah i'm, gonna <laughs> I'm fine <laughs> everything's good yeah Um, Yeah, no, the movie just has some really cool, like, images in it. But, like I said, they're horrific. Like, the part where, um, okay, so we talked about the chicken. But what happens is the Gnome King eats an egg. And apparently Gnome's, he's allergic to eggs. (laughs) And literally, he's, like, starts to disintegrate and fall apart. And though at this point he's rocks, essentially, it was I'm looking at this. And I'm just like, you show this to children. Yeah. What is and, wrong with you? you know? I, I,
1: and even that whole scene building up to that scene where like she starts to win. So he says, fuck this game. Screw this game. I'm just going to tear the roof off and just kill you outright instead of doing it because you're making bad choices. Um, And then they're trying to run away and he sicks all of his little minion gnomes on, on them. And the minion gnomes are just like plasticine rock creatures and they are pretty scary. I mean, you know, they're plasticine rock creatures, but they're made to look like these really evil things with mouths and evil eyes and they're reaching out for them. And like, you know, for a kid, like it's like, it's, it's the equivalent of all the bodies popping out of the ground and poltergeist or something. Yes, or
0: I, agree, like, I agree, yeah. Yeah,
1: it's like all of these things coming out of the walls trying to attack these the, the poor heroes. And I think that would have been very scary as it, for yeah. me as a kid.
0: Well, even just before that, like, so when he starts this contest and he points and a doorway appears, but it's hands yes. coming out of the wall, just like digging this hole in the wall. Yeah,
1: digging it open,
0: yeah that is what
1: yeah it was a very cool effect
0: it was a very cool but it really reminded me of so you know in labyrinth where um jennifer collie's hair she like falls down like a hole in the floor or whatever but there was like hands all over the place oh right it just yeah. reminded me of that scene and when she starts talking to the hands and the hands make like a face yeah
1: they,
0: yeah yeah. yeah <laughs> and they start talking it was it just reminded me of that and i just had to shiver i was like yeah. oh like no like, that was a good
1: reference. That was a very brilliant scene, very creepy but very practical.
0: Yeah, but it I found it had this the very same. Maybe it's just because it's a bunch of hands, but it had the very same feel to it in my mind. Like when I was watching it, and I I have I, even after all these years, I have the exact same reaction, which is just like no, yeah. I gotta go. No, I don't like this. This is not working for me. <laughs> you know,
1: I you know, in a lot of ways, Labyrinth is very similar to this movie. Like they're the same kind of genre. Like brave little girl goes into creepy land and has to escape.
0: Yeah, from some horrible, omnipotent yeah king, royalty thing. Yes. Who
1: kind of plays with them and is caught this imperious kind of manner and is kind of goofy and charismatic enough that you might think he's kind of charming, but he still wants to kill you.
0: Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh uncomfortable to say the least. Yes. <laughs> <You
1: know? laughs> I, so the the scene with the chicken. So when Jack, not Jack, Jack Pumpkinhead, and he, he, then like the big hand, the, the way it's shot to the hand reaches towards the camera and then grabs him by the legs and he's screaming. And then, and it shows him being dangled over the big Gnome King's open mouth. And at this point, Jack Pumpkinhead is screaming, Mom, Mom, save me, Mom. and yeah. Dorothy is freaking out. I thought this is very disturbing. I I but I did think it was hilarious that there's a chicken in the pumpkin this whole time. And that turns out to be the solution. <laughs> that she gets so scared she pops out an egg and the the egg kills the gnome king. I mean it's almost a what is that term, just as machina where the solution comes out of the sky? The, except um, that they, the egg ex Yeah,
0: it's machina.
1: Yeah, that's yeah.
0: That yeah but
1: um but they set it up
0: mm-hmm. better. Well, yeah. Right at the beginning of the movie, when you know she's a regular chicken, um, she's uh, not laying eggs. Yes. And even Dorothy at that point says, "If you don't start laying eggs, Aunt Em's going to chop you up and for dinner."
1: Gonna, gonna
0: and do I? Was, yeah, as they do. And I was like, even there's like right at the beginning, there's a threat of this violence coming out immediately.
1: Yeah, it's and, all. Of it.
0: yeah. yeah, and all I can think about is. The one time my grandmother killed a chicken in front of me when I was younger.
1: Oh, my God.
0: So, well, you know, I'm I'm from an island. I'm from Trinidad. And it wasn't unusual or whatever. So she had chickens in the yard. And one day we were in the, ch- the kitchen. She was talking to me. She had a chicken. She just kept talking, you know, slipped the throat, rang it in a circle, took off the head, started plucking at it. And I was just standing there like, I don't know what you're saying. I am <laughs> freaking out.
1: <laughs> oh, what
0: is happening? Um <laughs> How old were you? Probably about five or six.
1: Oh my god!
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it was normal. Like, yeah. I I mean, she had cooked for me many many times. I guess I just never seen the like no. the very beginning part of this, or maybe this is just a time that's stuck in my brain. But well, I did not, it not eat chicken brain, for a while. Yeah. yeah. No. yeah.
1: I- well, you know, that that's so interesting. And I remember in this movie, the very first scene with Dorothy and that chicken, she's walking by. And I remember the the framing of the shot is she's talking to the chicken and walking by this stump with a huge axe in it. <laughs> and I kept thinking is this axe going to come into play is she about to kill this chicken like but it's just sort of there symbolically as sort of this threat of death I suppose.
0: Yes, yeah. The 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 threat of this danger that'll happen if you if you yeah. don't do what you're supposed to do which kind of is the thing that ends like forces her to be in the asylum in the first place is cuz well cuz it begins with her I guess it's relatively soon after the big tornado she's come back from oz it's been six and months from it's been, yeah and she's apparently just not sleeping and she's useless to her aunt in the morning because she does she hasn't been sleeping and i was like is that the only reason maybe you know mental health or something but i guess that didn't exist no. at the turn of the century i don't
1: know what electroshock therapy did
0: Yes. Yeah. But I mean, like, because even at the beginning, too, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, you're taking your kid for electroshock therapy? That's crazy. But also, I'm like, at the turn of the century, you didn't know what was out there. You were trying something new. You were trying to pick the best thing for this kid. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to hold this against you. But also, don't do it again.
1: Yeah. So, you know what? That's an interesting thought, because the ending. So... At the end, she saves everybody by, well, the egg saves everybody and then they run away and then all the Oz people are happy and they want to save her queen. And then the girl that was in the asylum with her, mysteriously, that helped her escape, who we thought drowned or just disappeared, turns out is Ozma, the queen of Oz, who was trapped by the headless woman in the castle yep. and then was released when Dorothy said everything right. So then she shows up and becomes the queen and puts on those the red slippers and then uh sends Dorothy back home now that scene where it's very similar to the first movie where it's like they all want her to stay and she feels loved and she's got all these friends there in this weird kooky place and then she goes no I have to go home now in the first movie it made so much sense because she loved Auntie Em she loved Toto she loved her friends she had a very happy life and uh she missed them and she just felt like she couldn't be away from Auntie M because Auntie M loved her so much. In this movie, Auntie M fucking sent her to a mental institution to get, you know, electroshock therapy. And I don't think she had any friends like she didn't really she no one was visiting her like she's just been trapped in this house. Like I was like, what do you have? what's waiting for you girl? Like, why don't you stay in Oz? Like, you know, you've got nothing to lose. Like your aunt probably just thinks you're still at the hospital. And, uh, and I kind of thought you should just stay, you know, in this case, I don't think they've really presented a really valid reason for you to go home. It doesn't feel like there's no place from home, like home for you, but she does go home. And I thought it was sort of hilarious in a terrible way that she shows up and everything has wrapped up lightning struck the evil asylum. It burned to the ground. Everybody escaped except for the evil doctor. And then the evil woman somehow is being carted away in a jail cell. And, and Auntie M tells her all of this. So she doesn't have to go back, but there's no trace of remorse from Auntie M as she's saying this, that (laughs) this, that she sent her daughter to this horror show of a hospital that got burned to the ground. And she's all like, well, it burned to the ground. Let's go home now. Like I was like, you could apologize.
0: Yeah, you could say, I'm really sorry for sending you to this horrible place. Yeah. Um, which also, because at at first I was just like, why did they like arrest this nurse woman when this place burnt down? Like that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. How do they know? I, yeah, but then I remember at the beginning, just before they were escaping, um, so Dorothy asked the girl helping her escape, like I heard screaming earlier, what was all of that? And she said what did she say she's like
1: she said they're damaged I, patients that are locked yeah, in the basement. the
0: basement so i have a feeling the place burnt down and they found many more bodies than they should have yes and that's why she got arrested and but the doctor died in the fire or whatever
1: trying to save the
0: quote unquote we think you we know think. <laughs> um but yeah like it's I, I think the reason why they didn't explain it is because they're just like well maybe that's We've crossed a line. Maybe that's too, too dark. It's a bit
1: dark to say all those poor people that they damaged and locked forever in a basement and then died in a fire. It's too much.
0: Well, because also because it's the real world, making it more permanent than if it was in Oz. So they're just like, nah, it's the real world. We're not going to say that. We're just going to, she's going to go home and the house is magically built. She has her own room now. So everything is fine.
1: Well, I thought it was interesting too on this note that so Auntie Anne brings her home, she's upstairs, she opens the, like not opens, she looks at the mirror uh, and sees Ozma, the queen or whatever, and the chicken who decided to stay and, uh, and they're talking and she's like, oh, I have to show my aunt and they're all like, no, 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 they can't know about it. So she hides it and I had two thoughts. One was, and then and then Auntie M comes in and says, "Lower that mirror." And then Dorothy sort of nervously lowers it, but nothing's there. And then and then Auntie M looks still so concerned. Like I, I kind of hand it to the commitment to this movie that there's no happy ending for them even at the end because it's not the cherished homecoming that the Wizard of Oz original was. It's like Auntie M thinks this girl is cuckoo and still thinks she is. Probably yeah. that way. And, well, like, because
0: she wasn't fixed at the hospital. like she, she didn't get the treatment she was supposed to get, right?
1: And she's still staring at the mirror. And I bet this woman heard her talking to the mirror or something. Because then she looks still concerned as Dorothy leaves the room. And M looks really like worried still. Mm. And part of me is like you know this still could be some sort of thing on mental health really because maybe she is imagining this whole thing and like she's yeah. knocked on the head and they keep finding her after she's run off that's not the intent of the movies but i mean you could make that argument
0: well i mean when you put it that way that Bruno you know, reminds me of the even more horrific movie pan's labyrinth which
1: oh god yeah
0: which is there's a balance between wait a second is this girl really seeing this these otherly people is there really another realm that she's a queen of or is she just losing her mind because the nazis are around her and she's dead at the end of the movie and we just want to pretend she made it to where she needed to be
1: i think it's the i think i think she's dead yeah. and she's like that movie is like the the real wizard of oz in a way
0: (laughs) essentially exactly you know that's exactly what it is um which is which is the sad part and like and i feel like return to oz and pan's labyrinth are just like they're just like 40 years apart so you know this is just like this is the the magical world another girl decided to escape to but you know oz is a little different now
1: yeah yeah that's yeah. true. It is similar to that movie. I forgot about them. I found Panels and to be so disturbing. I was like, people were like praising that I was expecting this kind of fun, sort of dark fantasy. And it was so too, it was way too much realness and it was too depressing. Like I found it was so, dep- I, I've never watched that movie again.
0: Yeah, I've managed to watch it twice. Um, the second time I watched it, I was like, that's enough. Yeah. Um, because I too was just expecting like, I mean, not as childish as Return to Oz, but just like a dark fantasy movie. I didn't. I actually didn't expect it to really take any kind of place in the real world. I expected the right. beginning maybe, and then the very end, but everything in between, fantasy world. Yeah. Whereas it was her being going back and forth with all of this torture in the real world happening, yeah. and then the torture of some of the creatures happening too. And I was like,
1: Yeah,
0: this is a lot it was a you know? lot
1: it was not what i was expecting yeah i get why people like it and it, i respect it it's a very brilliant movie from certain perspectives in terms of how they got the theme across because i think it was meant to be disturbing i just didn't enjoy it like, yeah
0: like, i mean i i feel like i say that about a lot of especially like acclaimed films yeah they're they're movies you watch once and you're like i don't want to watch this again like this, you is admire
1: not- more than enjoy maybe
0: yeah, like it's because it's good to, you know, especially with a movie like Pan's Labyrinth where the costuming is amazing, the acting is amazing, the sets are amazing. Yeah. You know, the storyline is there. Like I don't think the storyline is perfect in any way, but like this it's there. Like the what yeah. you need for it is there and you fear for this yeah. girl and her family. You hate the the Nazis and the bad guys. Yeah. And you're just like, she crawls in that thing and the guy with the eyes in his hands.
1: Oh, the guy with the eyes in his hands in the big banquet and she can't eat it or he'll know or whatever. Like yeah. that creature that can't see except the eyes in his hands. I thought that was a nightmarish creature. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was more frightened by that creature than I thought I should be as a grown man. Like I thought it was such a. Uh, I thought it was really creepy. I
0: I disagree. I think everybody should be scared of that thing because that thing was just wrong. It was yeah, wrong.
1: I, I actually remember seeing pictures of it show up. I'm like, ah, scroll past, scroll past. I was <laughs> like, I don't want to see it anymore. Yeah.
0: Uh, Where well, I think it's like Wizard of Oz managed to make like especially their bad guys creepy enough. Like we mentioned the Wheelers, we mentioned um, Princess uh, Mombi, Mom yeah. and um, like and the Nome King. And I think yeah. that was it. But it, like the wheelers were like a gang of them. Yeah. And they had these like l- lanky long arms, but all their hands and feet were wheels. And yeah. they're all dressed like, um, I found this was a big thing in the 80s where you made like the bad guy just dressed in like a lot of material.
1: Oh, like lots of mismatched materials.
0: Yeah. You know, like there was just like a bunch of layers. Yeah. For some reason.
1: I mean, it was effective look. I think I think they looked good. I feel like the movie looked really good.
0: Yes. Yeah, I agree. I think it looked... Well, um, the only thing I really didn't like was the... What is it? The gump? I did not like the gump. I was just like, you we went a little too far with this one.
1: Yeah. It was a bit all over the place, kind of the way... It, I mean, I, I appreciate they were trying to come up with an interesting solution, and they needed basically... In some ways an equivalent of a cowardly lion so they came up with this moose character because it completed the four of them
0: yes yeah um, she needed her her gang together yeah you know and
1: there was yeah. a tin man there was a scarecrow like creature and they needed a, a weird animal so they did the gun
0: they did the gun yeah
1: so um, i kind of expected something like that but uh i mean he didn't have much of a role he was kind of the but the only thing i'll say about like it being an old 80s movie Sometimes especially in the early scenes you could see the shadow of green screen just around her face.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I
1: noticed it quite a bit.
0: <laughs> yeah, you you definitely you definitely see that in the in the older movies and I'm very happy they've perfected perfected that. That's fantastic. Um but yeah, I I don't know, but I also find it it still gives it that kind of like that hominess that, you know, this is what true fantasy is.
1: Yeah, you know? no, I agree. I, I don't mind it at all. It's part of being an 80s movie. Mm-hmm. So the only other note I had for this movie was Feruza Bok. This was her very first movie. I thought she did a great job. She's a very intense little girl. Yeah. And what I thought was interesting is I think I've only seen her in one other movie and that was The Craft. Yeah. So both movies that she's in, she gets sent to a mental institution and tied down to a gurney. Yeah
0: i should not be laughing i should not be laughing okay
1: <laughs> but that's a pretty funny kind of
0: yeah that's a i don't know, I don't know maybe Rulang she's just her. really good at playing patience no idea <laughs> kind of,
1: or looking a little crazy because she does kind of come off a little crazy
0: oh she's an almost famous and you've definitely seen that
1: i forgot that she's in that i have seen that
0: yeah, yeah. um she was also okay. in um, American History X which uh, one of those movies I've only seen once and I will not watch again. Not I did see it's, it. It's not, not a bad it. movie. It's fantastic. Don't need to see it again.
1: Yeah, I agree. I don't even really remember it now.
0: Yeah, I remember it a little too much is what my problem is. Mm. That's, the,
1: actually... Ed, that's the Ed Norton one, right?
0: Yes. Yeah. Um And um Ed Norton and Ed Furlong. Right. Yeah. Yeah, um, he's, like a,
1: he's a skinhead or something.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, technically, he's a former skinhead, but his brother uh, looks up to his skinhead past um, right. and is trying to sort of like emulate him. And they kind of go over some of the horrible things his brother has done, and they graphically, visually show most of it. And I was like, I don't need, I don't need this. This is not what I need in my life. Um, she was in The Island of Dr. Moreau. I never oh. saw that. It is not a good movie. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, oh, that's right. She was in The Waterboy. That is a movie that has aged horribly.
1: I didn't even like it at the time. I thought, I don't understand why this is such a huge hit. It's so stupid.
0: Yeah, but. it's it's very... It's one of his words. That one, um, uh, like out of Adam Sandler movies, is that one... Little Nicky and Mr. Deeds are the ones I think I hate the most.
1: Yeah, those all sound terrible. Yeah. Um, I never even like this. Like, I think the best one is probably Billy Madison. Because it had a premise that was sort of funny.
0: Yeah, like, as in just the comedies, right? Because... Yeah, just the comedy. I'm not talking about the
1: actual good movies. Like,
0: yes. he's a good
1: actor. He actually has made some really good later yeah. movies. But I'm just talking about, yeah, early comedy Adam Sandler.
0: Um... Uh, out of his earlier stuff, the one I love the most is The Wedding Singer.
1: I don't consider that one of his movies, though, because that's a rom-com, even though he is in it. Like, it's not where really? he's like, I love that movie. I yeah. thought that was such a cute movie.
0: I-, I love that movie to death. Okay, so now I know what you mean. So yeah, I would go with Billy Madison as well.
1: Yeah. yeah. I'm just so- talking about, like, when he was, like, that sort of stupid man-child front and center character, balls-out comedies, like Happy yeah. Gilmore... Billy Madison, Waterboy maybe Little Nicky is the last of those
0: well no Big Daddy should be in there I guess too that That one's actually that that movie ends up being a little sweeter than you want it to be to be honest I don't Um, even
1: yeah I did see it I don't remember I saw every movie I just don't remember them very well I remember everybody loving them and me thinking I don't know why I don't but I don't like these movies (laughs) They're so stupid.
0: <laughs> yeah, I um I really liked yeah, it's more of his like later stuff, like when he started doing like um like Wedding Singer and stuff is when I started liking
1: his, like Wedding like, Singer skin. and then he did Fifty First Dates and he was like doing like sort of more rom commy things. Wedding mm-hmm. singer was so cute though. He was so likable in that and she was so likable in that. And yeah. And
0: was it was just... like a nice little story and yeah um yeah it was it was just good and just like the music of course it's the the time period that it's in and the music in it is just so perfect and you're just like i love this this is fantastic i loved
1: it i love loved that. that movie i yeah. actually had that on dvd too
0: so do i
1: <laughs> oh, future valentine's day episode
0: god i hope so yeah <laughs> i hope so <laughs> been perfect.
1: signing up now <laughs> um,
0: um yeah So so overall, what what is your review of Return to Oz?
1: My review is I think it's a solid fantasy family flick from the 80s. I thought it was really enjoyable, good pacing. I like the villains. I liked it. I would say thumbs up, but I would also say I don't know. I would not necessarily show it to my children like I have one child, but I wouldn't necessarily show it to kids unless they like dark stuff. Because some kids would not be bothered at all. But I do think it's on the side of too scary for a lot of kids.
0: Yeah, I mean, even as an adult who has seen some stuff, I still was like, "No, nah, that's the stuff of nightmares." No, yeah, mm-mm. it is the stuff of nightmares.
1: It's a pretty scary movie, but I feel like that's a that's praise to me that a kids movie like *Return of Oz* to be too scary. I I would I I like that. Right, if I see if somebody says, "Oh, that's that's pretty scary," then I want to watch it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I get that. I get that. Yeah. Um. So our next movie is is was made actually a year before return to Oz, surprisingly yeah. um cool. with romancing the stone and this movie is just a joy
1: it really is i think this is a gem it's like i always used to say it was like one of my favorite movies like especially back then and i think it actually holds up i think it holds up pretty well
0: Absolutely, I like. I used to watch this movie all the time, like very, very regularly, because it was also one of those movies that was on TV all the time for a long yeah. time. Yeah. Um. So I watched it often. Um. But this viewing, I realized I'm like I haven't watched this in forever. So it was almost like like I remembered all the beats and stuff, but it was kind of like fresh eyes again, you know. Yeah. And the my only complaint is I found the pacing slower than i remember i always thought it was like fast 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 but yeah yeah, it was just a little slower than i remember and i was just like didn't more stuff happen here didn't didn't there's a lot
1: more interiors and talking and plot. like but here's the thing i'm just gonna step a bit back i'm i'm sort of used to this now because i've been revisiting a lot of 80s movies because i think oh i should show maddie this movie i should show maddie that movie they're all super slow okay just the way it was in the 80s and i I remember saying, like, I showed Poltergeist to my niece and nephew, and I just remember it being so scary when I was a kid, and I thought, and it was like, they were over, this is when they were younger too, but like I just thought, um, this is such a good horror movie, they're gonna love it, it was like Halloween-ish time. And it's slow as fuck, like, it's really slow. <laughs> like Almost nothing happens for 40 minutes, like, they're just, walking around, talking, flirting, smoking weed, talking to the construction people in the backyard, kind of like nothing happens. And then suddenly, finally something happens. And even the scary stuff, it's I think still very good. Sorry to talk me about guys. but I mean, it's like so much boring stuff between those things. And I think we're all just conditioned back then to just sit through it like gremlins was the same way nothing happens for 40 minutes gremlins you think yeah. of that as like this rollicking kind of action-packed thing but very much tied to just certain set pieces and otherwise it's very slow and like even uh what are the other movies i was watching recently like et like like all these classic 80s movies like the goonies it's yeah. pretty boring if you like really watch it so i wasn't surprised um, when I'm watching *Romancing the Stone*, because every time I watch an '80s movie, I reset my expectations for pacing. Because over time and over years, after you know MTV, I would say in the '80s, like started bleeding into the editing of movies over time, and then you get to hear where movies don't start with setups; they start in the middle of an action series. Like see, like the very first scene, somebody's falling out of a plane, and you just have to catch up. And it's either a tangential plot, or it's like a you might wonder how I got here or something like, but they, they, they start right away and eighties movies didn't do that.
0: Is it, do you think it's just because we've gotten used to the new way of storytelling or do you think it's actually slow? Like, because, because as you said, now movies start sort of in the middle and then kind of go to the beginning and then we figure it out somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas I think in the eighties, they were just like, Nope, it starts. This is the start of the story. You're meeting yeah. the people. Everything you have to see what their life is before exactly. stuff happens to in their life. Yeah. Um. And but I I don't know if that's just a different storytelling style. It's like it's like even now if you watch a Canadian slash American movie compared to watching a um English slash French movie compared to watching. Uh, Middle Eastern or Chinese movie, each of them have different storytelling styles and certain stories I can't stand where other people love because I can't get into the type of story or the way they're telling the story, you know?
1: Yeah, and I think, I don't know if there's a definitive answer really, because it's all it does come down to taste and and uh, preference, but I do think, like, we are certainly these days, conditioned to expect tighter editing and shorter setups and get to the chase much quicker. Yeah. But I don't think it's a flaw of 80s movies that they take their time. And like, the only thing I would say is, you know, movies should, every single scene should serve a purpose. Every single Every single scene, there should be a reason why that scene is there as a setup for later or for tell, tell something now, if you can just take that scene out, cause you put it in, cause it was funny or it was, a, there was a joke you wanted. If you just take that whole scene out and nothing changes in the movie, that scene should not be there. Like that's arguably that's one style where, and I feel like as long as that, rule is held up i in my view then the scenes can take as long as they want to take as long as there's some reason and i think romancing the stone is actually pretty efficient in that regard like every little thing like even that little scene where you know um the uh person leaves that package for her and then she sees it and then the woman says, I'm still hoping for you. And it's like she carrying it around. Like they all mean something to the story. They're just like these small little moments, but they're setting up things that will happen later.
0: Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Cause then, I was gonna ask you, I'm like, is there something in this you would take out? But I'm sitting here thinking about it. I'm like, if you think about all the scenes yeah. they do all matter they just take a little longer than you want them to
1: exactly and you're you just wait you just want them to edit it a little tighter yeah i personally i wouldn't change it i i mean i i agree with you when i was watching it i remember thinking this is a little bit more languid than i remember like um the, the set pieces are still great but i mean it takes a little longer together but i don't know i just really enjoyed it i just feel like i'm happy to be in the world with it and i don't really mind because it kind of takes me back a little bit
0: yeah well one thing i like about this is that um so it's like a actiony rom-com kind of thing it's like raiders of the
1: lost ark as a romantic comedy
0: yeah yeah we can put it that way and there's nothing offensive there's nothing vulgar I mean, oh, they they talk about weed like it's the worst drug ever, you know. <laughs> they talk about it in whispers and stuff, but like, <laughs> and there's a couple of scenes where there's a little bit of violence, sure, you know, but that's what you expect in an adventure, yeah. But there's nothing, there's nothing off-putting in the movie, no. you know, and and that's the kind of thing that I I I really like about it is you can watch it; it's easy. You'll get a laugh here or there. You know, and, you know, you might question some of the fashion aesthetic within the film. But other than that, you're just you're just like, this is just a good time. Yeah, yeah, and,
1: And on top of that, I feel Kathleen Turner has never been better. Like, I think she's a really great actress. And I just fully fall for her every time I watch this movie because of her smoky voice and the way she acts and that that. You know, that husky voice that show, suggests how tough she is, but there's also that little crack of vulnerability for this character who's lonely. I just I just love her voice in this movie. And I love yeah. the way she presents herself in this movie. And I feel like with any romantic comedy, like it lives or dies on the chemistry of the two leads, right? If you don't believe that they like each other, if you don't believe that they would fall in love with each other, then the movie...
0: Falls apart. Falls yeah.
1: apart. Yeah. And I believed it with them. I really felt... Like they pulled it off. And I feel like Michael Douglas. So I remember the first time I saw this and I was really into Indiana Jones and I was really in love with Harrison Ford. And I remember thinking, like watching and seeing Michael Douglas and saying, Um, you're trying to be the next Indiana Jones. I love Indiana Jones, sir. You are no Indiana Jones. Like I feel yeah. like like I thought he was like a poor man's Indiana Jones. But I actually feel like he did such a good job in this movie because he's not really Indiana Jones. is like this totally selfless hero that's risking his life to save artifacts to give to a museum. And he's like so noble. And this guy's the opposite, right? Like he literally only wants money and he wants the treasure for himself. And he doesn't even want to help her until she says he could, she can pay him. Like he's the opposite of Indiana Jones in that regard. Um, and I feel like, He's also kind of more nervous when things happen. He's like, oh, oh my God, he's kind of more human that way, even though he can get away with things. I love that about him, right? And the fact that he, like, she kind of, like, I love that sequence where they're running away from those people. And she, uh, he's trying to figure out what to do, because at the end of this cliff, and then she just goes off on her own and finds this dilapidated wood suspension bridge. And she decides to just try to cross it on her own. And the way they shot it, it's just, it looks so dangerous, right? Like you can really feel how awful it would be. And she's trying it while he's trying to figure out a way on the thing and then he sees her and then it breaks. And then to save herself, she grabs onto a vine and then somehow swings across the chasm. I love that scene. I just think that's such a funny, hilarious scene, right? And I mean, yeah. it's like a classic, adventure scene where a hero we've seen it a million times they're running through the jungle being pursued by bad guys they see a cliff and they grab a vine and they swing across like back from the tarzan days they did this right and i love that they reframed it that this is woman just trying to get away on this bridge and then she accidentally swings across and then michael douglas sees her do that and then he just tries it himself and he slams into the the edge of the building or the wall like i think that whole thing is so well thought out and funny like it's a funny It's a really
0: funny take on it, yeah. Well, because one thing I also like about this movie is that, like, yes, um, Kathleen Turner's character needs help, but she's not a damsel in distress. She can take care of herself. She just needs a little bit of direction. She's like, I've never been here before. Just tell me where to go, and I will go that way. She's not begging to be saved or anything. So,
1: and she's paying him for help and directions, and she's like... She knows what she wants. She wants to find her sister. She doesn't care about the map. She just wants her sister. Like she's, I love that she's so strong-willed.
0: Yes. Yeah. And the movie lets her be herself. She's like, yeah, I'm a hopeless romantic. And no, I've never been out of the city. So I'm really badly dressed for this. Yeah. But you know what? You need me to walk through the jungle? I'll walk through the jungle. Yeah. You know, we need to get away from these bad guys. And you said, don't cross the bridge. I'm going to cross the bridge. I got to get to my, I got to go where I need to go. And she was like, she's, as I said, she's not a damsel. And that's, and I think that's what also makes the movie work and so endearing as well, is that she's not, she's not weak. No. Like, lots of rom-coms like this, you have, the girl's always just like clutching the guy like, oh, help me, save me, blah, 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 what are we gonna do? She doesn't do any of that weird clutching. Nonsense. And also a lot
1: of rom-coms or even women in action movies, like they play such a helpless victim and they, they're, they're, they're ditches and, they're, they're, and she never does that at all. Like she's not no. a ditz one at all. And she figures things out and she's, she stands up to Jack all the time.
0: Yes. Yeah, she does. She's like, she's like, you're not going to treat me like garbage. Yeah. I'm not going to take your nonsense, Yeah, but this is what we're going to do. And I need your help. Therefore you're sticking around for a little while. That's it.
1: And I, I also love that Jack is very clearly at the beginning out for himself. He doesn't really care about her. He just wants to get paid. And then you can kind of see. I, I feel like you can see him starting to like her, but fighting his own instincts to kind of take the map and run or type, you know, do what he wants. Like, you know what I mean? Like, she can't really trust him, and we don't know if she can trust him either.
0: Yeah. And- well, well, even. Even at, like, when they get to, like, the Hotel Cartagena and all that kind of stuff, and they have their little dance sequence, yeah. and, like, they end up in bed together and stuff, and there's, just a warning, there's nothing graphic about it, it's not scandalous, <laughs> it's actually very sweet and very cute, it is very and cute. she brings up, she's like, how come you didn't take the map from me yet, because because he thinks he's pulling one over her eyes, where it's yeah. like, she, she's like, she's got your number. She knows yeah. what you're doing. But she Just still likes she's... him
1: anyway. She yeah. still kind of likes him anyway. And I, I kind of love that you can kind of see it's two people that are thrown together through circumstance. Like she kind of needs him because she's in Colombia by herself and he wants to stay with her because he wants to get money and he feels like they can find this treasure. He can find this treasure. Like yeah. there's, there's, I think, very realistic plot reasons why they stay together. Um, But there's also really realistic plot points why they don't trust each other, and I think they did such a good job of navigating that whole space where they're getting to know each other, and you can see them starting to like each other, even in spite of themselves.
0: Yeah, and neither of them come across mean or rude. Well, I mean, Michael Douglas comes across a little rude at the beginning, but he is a
1: little rude at the beginning. But you you, you get
0: over that real quickly. You did, but like, and not rude in like a mean way or or anything. It's kind of a rapist kind of. Yeah, you I'm know. Sorry. And okay. and I find in a lot of movies when they have like a strong female, they make them just bitchy. Yeah. And she just doesn't come she doesn't come across bitchy not or mean. All. She doesn't even come across as standoffish. She comes across as like I am worried about my safety. Yeah. But not like you go over there and I stay over here. That's yeah. not how she comes across at all. Right. And it just really works. It, it just really really works. Really works.
1: And, you know, okay, and the bad guys. So, you know, I think it's interesting to have a bad guy that's somewhat endearing, but, you know, Danny DeVito is really funny. Yeah. (laughs) Like, that's why this movie is so fun, because you don't really actively hate people, like that much.
0: Yeah, Yeah, well, even, like, his cousin Ira, who's, like, keeping his sister hostage, you're just, like, every time you see him, you're just, like, you're funny. You're you're funny. (laughs) Like, if you were holding her, like, captive, I think you'd get along. I think it'd be fine.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know. And and I love that, you know, and this is a cliche maybe now, but I love that the movie started with a scene from one of her books, right? Oh, my
0: God. Okay. We have to talk about this scene, because it is... It is fantastic. It's fantastic. It fantastic. <laughs> yeah.
1: I love the line. I even wrote some of it down like, um, Brogan, this man who killed my dad, killed my sister, something like my mother killed my dog, and stole my Bible. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's so good it's, it's so, so good. good
1: and sold so well like they just yeah. commit and deliver like i just...
0: well yeah because even but the thing is even in that whole scene it is completely kathleen turner's character personality i i should know their names uh joan wilder there joan you go wilder. joan wilder um it's her personality because the scene is set up that you know this helpless woman with her shirt that's like torn and wet for mm-hmm. some reason is being held at gunpoint by like this this guy who's an outlaw who's of course like killed his her dad and burnt down the barn and all this kind of stuff and you're like oh you know somebody's gonna come in and save her and then she saves herself
1: yes right yes then- That's true yeah
0: She saves her, and then she like takes off on a horse and she's galloping. And then Jesse comes and like helps her. But again, she's not a damsel in distress. She She is saved
1: herself. Yeah. She
0: saved herself, but she's still out looking for the, the man she's fallen in love with. And then they're gonna ride off in the sunset. And you're just like, yes, this is this is what it should. This is like if romance novels ended like that, I would read them. I would I, read them.
1: I know. And when she ends
0: writing it and she's like, oh, that's so good. And she's, <laughs> she's crying. <laughs> and she's like walking around her whole apartment trying to get and, tissues, you know. And she's <laughs> and
1: completely it, out of tissues because she cries all the time. <laughs> exactly.
0: It's it was fantastic. It's just the the whole scene, the transition. And also, you were already talking about her voice, but her like reading the like the whole opening sequence and doing the voiceover for it. Oh.
1: Fantastic. I know. Fantastic. I, I love the one when she says, or any man,
0: or like just, just
1: like just the way she said it. Like I I just loved her narration in that scene. Yeah. It's just it's so, so, okay. I don't know how much we should talk about this, but I think we, there's no getting around it. So like when I watched this movie, I just loved it so much. Cause I just thought this is like everything I love about Raiders, plus a romantic comedy. I just like, this is like amazing movie. And I always thought it was like my favorite movie for a while set. The sequel is not very good. I didn't know Jewel love
0: of the Nile is a bad movie.
1: It was a disappointment for sure. It's and I was so rooting for it because it was yeah. such a, the first one's still so amazing. But I remember years and years later when people are remaking movies, remaking movies, all these old 80s movies, and just kind of revisiting old types of movies. I remember thinking to myself, no one has ever done another movie like romancing the stone like no one has done another sort of romantic comedy kind of adventure action adventure they tried with matthew mcconaughey and kate hudson with fool's gold and i remember seeing that come out like ooh, and i watched it super boring i don't know how they fucked that up but it was just very boring movie um, and so then even past that, I kept thinking this is like this amazing project I'm gonna have. Like, I'm gonna write a script. I'm gonna like do a project which is the new romancing the stone. I want them to do a new romancing the stone, it's gonna be amazing. And then I think it's last year or two years ago, Sandra Bullock and Shannon Tatum made a movie called The Lost City. And it is I have wonderful.
0: not seen that. Yeah. Okay,
1: you need to watch it. I think it's on Netflix or it's on one of them. But okay. it's like it is. A virtual remake of Romancing the Stone. She really? Is, she is a romance writer. The movie starts with a scene from one of her books. And then there's like this whole hijinks adventure. Like, I mean, it's different. They put a twist on it because they have the the man, the male character is not some uh Uh, jungle uh, what's the term they use like a soldier of fortune like he's not he's not like jack Um, he's like the cover model from all of her novels
0: (laughs) okay that (laughs) makes sense kind of yeah Who
1: really likes her who's kind of in love with her and follows around goes on press tours with her and she gets kidnapped and he decides to go rescue her
0: oh okay i like so, that yeah. and,
1: and she's all like you're not really dash or whatever his character's name and you're just a model like you know you're not this character but then he tries to but then they make him quite goofy um but i couldn't stop thinking like when i saw the ad i says oh my god they've done it and they've done it with Sandra bullock oh my god and uh and then i remember the reviews all the reviews many of the reviews were, were saying we're comparing it to romancing the stone okay. and so uh, if you Google Lost City, Romancing the Stone, like so many articles about how it's the new Romancing the Stone, so I watched it, and it's very charming. It's really cute. I really liked it, but I don't think it's as good as Romancing the Stone. Okay. <laughs> but what's interesting to to call back to our previous conversation, um, it's edited more in line with our current sensibilities because it just came out last year or two yeah. years ago. So right? it's a lot it's,
0: a lot faster, shorter. It moves scenes
1: faster. And... It's more overt comedy i would say Mm
0: -hmm.
1: um i really liked it in fact i think i might go watch it again uh but it's like i don't know i just didn't love it as much as i love romancing the stone but i'd be interested to see what your thoughts are because it's kind of like romancing the stone if it was made today
0: well i think i think too with romancing the stone like the comedy in it is situational it's just like she's in a situation and something kind of funny happens yeah because you were even talking about the part where she like takes uh, the vine and swings across and it's just like lets go and just like plops down she's like what you know and, she and she's it. like i need a fucking drink and she goes in her bag you know that's funny but they're not making a joke right Yeah, that's right. or yeah. i feel like this movie is like no they sit around making jokes
1: within they did. the movie there's more actual comedy in it and mm. it's i mean one kind of funny device on the lost city is she's on this book tour and uh like she sort of lost her mojo or whatever and they give her this wardrobe to wear and it's like this this totally sequined bodysuit it's quite ridiculous and she's like why would i she doesn't want to wear it. it's not her at all and they're like you just have to sit in it and like she's like I can barely sit in this this is so uncomfortable and it's like truly quite a spectacularly absurd outfit but then she gets kidnapped in that and then taken to the jungle and so for a lot of the movies she's running around in, in a bright pink sequins bodysuit which I thought was a funny choice Well, it's that's
0: because just... she's she's not going to blend in with the jungle in that thing
1: no exactly so like it's just I thought that was a cute little thing yeah. I thought it was funny um Anyway, we're not talking about that movie. We're talking about yeah. this movie. I mean, well,
0: also, it, it, I just can I just make one more comment on a movie? So, like a movie that's just came out, Argyle, I was seeing ads for it. And that also reminds me of this movie. Yes, it's she's a spy novel writer, oh. but it also it reminds me of this as well because it's there's clearly in the ads, there's clips from her books and she, you know, it's, it's of her writing. And then one of the a a real spy comes and saves her because somebody's trying to kill her. Blah blah blah. But it 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 really did remind me of this Roman- setup. Like see,
1: this, I feel field. I should see Argyle now because like yeah. I didn't I, know. But I would say, see this this shows you. I I I'm gonna like the legacy of Romancing the Stone. Like I feel like these are all children of Romancing the Stone.
0: Yes, I, I agree with you. Um, one thing I saw, uh, like there was a post online about remakes and all that kind of stuff. And they're just like, stop remaking good movies. Yeah. Remake a bad movie that had a good concept. Right. And you know what? They should remake Jewel of the Nile and figure out something better. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I'm like, that mood, like, Romance in the Stone, if you're going to make a sequel, it deserves a good sequel. It does Because it was good. a really, it's two really good characters that are well-created and in a situation that you, things can happen. Things, yeah. you can do something, not a magical uh, Middle Eastern man. like I know, weird. I
1: am the jewel, I am the jewel of the nest, spoiler alert, yeah. but it's like... Yeah.
0: And then guess- uh, and then he does this weird so and then he's like he walks through fire you're just like this is not this is not like science fiction like this yeah. isn't a fantasy well not a fantasy in the usual fantasy sense this is a romantic fantasy yeah. nobody's walking through fire guys just make them find some other treasure
1: Exactly like yeah. make it what we want
0: Yes <laughs> <laughs> that would make it easier. You
1: know? Don't try to be so clever and twisty that it's this other thing.
0: Yes. Yeah. You know, or even just put them in a situation where that makes sense or there's actual peril. Because I remember watching that movie and I was just like, Yeah, that'll be fine. Yeah. yeah what what else are we doing? Yet? Exactly.
1: Yes. No, like there's no peril. It's like it's just it's just ill conceived. Now, like the ending of this movie. So the whole action talk, I, again, this is very much a cliche where the selfish person is tra- trapped between a choice between saving the treasure or saving the person.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. It happens in, I just saw, I just watched Uncharted again, and it's the same thing where Mark mm-hmm. Wahlberg doesn't want to lose his treasure but he or save Tom Holland. And, yeah. oh, and so that, that one was mean. not done as well, because there's so many ways he could have easily saved Tom Holland without throwing out his treasure. Like, he Correct. Didn't, He didn't need to throw the treasure at her. He could have thrown literally anything else. Um, Anyway, again, we're not talking about that movie. But, I mean, (laughs) this is an 80s movie, so they probably had this concept around even then. It's such a well-worn trope. But I thought it was so well done with, you know, the jewel and and the alligator, the crocodile and everything. And, like, just this whole... I thought it was hilarious. Like, it was both suspenseful and funny. And then uh, the threat of people getting eaten. And then but then at the end, when it eats the jewel and it's kind of wandering off, and you see Jack like trying to hold on to the hat of the crocodile.
0: That scene is so funny. <laughs>
1: like, I just thought that was so funny because, like, everyone's trying to get away with it, get away from the crocodile. But Jack yeah. is so obsessed with getting the jewel. He's yeah. like,
0: yeah, he's in the middle attacking. of he's in the middle of a firefight. People are shooting at him and he's like, get the alligator. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: What? <laughs> I loved that, but it was such a well-choreographed scene. And yeah. then but of course he agrees, he lets the the crocodile go, alligator go, and then you know, ending plays out. Yeah. But I kind of loved though that she could never still, like, she could say, oh, I can trust you, I can trust you. Like, there's always that thing, like, you know, he's up for himself. I just love the consistent ending where it's sort of like he disappears, but he comes back and they've got the, he's got the alligator boots on. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Perfect ending, it's right? Perfect. Like perfect. Perfect. Like, he found the alligator, now he's got this big boat. I, I just thought it was such a good way to end it, right? It yeah. was so true to his character, but it was a good, happy ending. It was a, and it was a nice surprise reunion with the boat in the middle of new york like just everything about it was so kind of over the top but i just thought it's such a great way to end it
0: well because he's a man who gets what he wants gets yeah. what he wants right so i mean he's got the money he got the boat now he's got to get the woman so that's new york is where he's got to be so he's yeah. gonna be there yeah
1: that's like the perfect ending and I, to me i kind of thought so they should be together in the next movie they should be on his boat and they yeah. should
0: some sort of sea adventure you know digging for like
1: yeah
0: buried treasure from a sunken ship or something Something. Like, yeah just you know he's like he's in new york did some research he's like um no don't ask me i found this map somewhere we're gonna yeah
1: or it doesn't even have to be another map but it could be just sort of a clue like any number of ways you can find treasure right like there's been so many
0: well, yeah, he's, he's a a, like you said, a soldier of fortune. He's going to find a way to get some money somehow, some way, yeah. you know. Um, but I'm like, but the thing is, the beginning of Jewel of the Nile, where it's a few years, they've been together. They're comfortable because her book sales are going through the roof um, and they have a house and they're settled. And they're both just bored because he wants to go on adventures yeah. and she wants to rekindle, you know, them how they met essentially and then i was like okay no that's a legitimate progression of a relationship i get that it is but then it's just the adventure part of it you're just like why is this the adventure like why is this what we're doing this doesn't make sense
1: i agree i think yeah I, i i agree that makes sense like i think that's a totally a way to go like you know, years later, are they really happy? Are they bored? Like, a man like him, is he going to want to stay in a house? Like, it's like, I can see all of that. But you could also stretch it out a little bit before you get to that crisis point. Like, look how many Indiana Jones movies there are. Like, there's constant treasures to be found.
0: Yes, exactly. Like, we don't
1: yeah, We don't yeah. need the justification of, like, to pretzel ourselves to figure out another way. Like, just say that they're looking for it. Yeah, <laughs> just, and just, just go out just, for it. Just, sit. just say, yeah. you know what? We did it. We found it. We were good at it. Let's do it again. And, like, yeah. you know all these adventure movies, they just go for it. Like, yeah. you don't have to have marital strife. Although, I do see how the relationship was so key to Romancing the Stone, they want them to have some kind of... it It speak to their marriage in some way. But I feel yeah. like they could do it quicker, and they could do it, like, in a more fun way.
0: Yeah, but it's also not necessary. I mean, they showed that in, like, the Mummy movies, for example, yeah. Um, with the two leads in that. You know, the, the whole first movie, well, yeah, Mummy's trying to kill them, but... <laughs> their romance happens they fall in love at the end of the movie yeah. and you're just like i believe this love story because yeah and then yeah. the second movie starts off with like their love is stronger than ever they have a yeah. kid they still have a house and they're going on adventures still, still I mean, exactly. so that you, movie you definitely could have started there
1: you don't have to put their marriage in peril just to have them go on another adventure yeah yeah but yeah. i guess
0: i i don't know maybe the the writers in the second movie weren't as creative and they're just like I don't know, why would you go on another adventure when you have money? I'm like, I don't know, maybe your marriage sucks, and then... You
1: know, <laughs> yeah, totally, that's how it went.
0: They're yeah. just like, done, <laughs> you know, we'll go from there. That's so um, but, yeah, no, I, like, despite my my one complaint that it's slower than I remember it being, I still loved it. Like, I still thoroughly enjoyed watching this movie. Like, it's And I loved great.
1: the 80s soundtrack. Like, <laughs> I loved it. Like, it's that cheesy background music. But even like, right from the start, when it was like, dun, 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 dun. Yeah,
0: it's like, it's like the weird synthesizer saxophony. You know, it's, it's great. And every time like something crazy is happening, you got the bass comes in, like, you know, <laughs> yes.
1: I just I just I guess it's sort of comfort food because it's sort of like this old kind of timey simpler times.
0: Kind of thing, yeah, yeah, where well, because and the thing is too is like adventure movies, um, and it's you already brought up Indiana Jones, but the newer Indiana Jones, both of them have the same issue where they want the adventure to be too big, right? I find most adventure movies like. Everything is just so so
1: big. It's always saving the world. Like yeah. the world is at stake.
0: Yeah, like this is just she's like, I just need to get this map to save my my sister. Yeah. It's a contained that's story. It. A very yeah. small contained story that only affects them. And there's nothing wrong with a, a small contained story. Not every single story doesn't have to involve saving the world.
1: Yeah. You know, but you can save yourself. The, that is the blockbuster mentality, though.
0: Yeah, because people are just like it has to be big for people to want to see it, and you know because it worked these ten times, but also it's worked before without all of this a hundred times.
1: But it's it's almost like stakes fatigue. Like how many times can we watch them save the entire world sure. from? a yeah. like, you know, and, and I, I wonder if that's part of the Marvel problem right now with Marvel movies kind of tanking all the time and people are bored of Marvel movies. Like, cause like I, we've talked about, like I love Marvel. Like I like, like I've watched all those movies, but it's too much. There's too much. Like there's, there's too much of the same. Like how many world threats can we see?
0: Yeah. That... Like why can't, why can't something be small again? Like I don't. Which is know, why, like, first
1: Ant-Man was, I thought so charming because it was such and a small plot.
0: People hated it. And I was like, why? They're like, he's not it. doing anything. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's a whole doing stuff. There. I thought it was so good. I thought it was I, so cool. I loved it. I loved the first one. It's it's fantastic,
1: and the second and one amazing. too. But then the third, the Quantum menu where they do try to save the whole world. Oh, that one want is it.
0: it's so bad. Yeah, no, but it's right, just it's-, it's just really badly done. The effects are horrible. The story is pointless. It goes against everything it that they have set up so far like the part where they're in the quantum realm and he uses his ant suit to become big and i'm like but didn't we already set up in like the everything else the two previous movies plus civil war plus end game plus this is that if you're in the quantum realm and you press the big button you get big and you come out of the quantum realm isn't that like the whole thing like that doesn't make it doesn't make any sense
1: they just they just forgot about it they just completely decided yeah I know how
0: it's
1: going to be. Yeah, yeah. Well, they've gotten themselves into a bit of a pickle there. I, you know, I think that the last Indiana Jones movie, though, I liked it. I thought it was, I thought it was cute. Like, I thought, I mean, I could see. I was not that surprised it didn't do that well, just because I think it's such an old franchise. I don't know if Mm. people are dying to see it again, but I love adventure movies, right? Like, I, I, I yeah,
0: I was there. I was there for it um it definitely redeemed itself after the fourth movie that that shall not be named um (laughs) (laughs) but but yeah it was it was one of those things where I was like oh my god you guys figured out how to write the story well but also especially the part at the end where they do like the time travel thing where suddenly it was like it suddenly got too big again You know what I mean? I was like, that's what I thought of
1: when you were saying too big. Like even the last Indiana Jones, they had to save the whole world. Like they went back in time. Like the whole thing is the stakes, right? It's too much. Their stakes have to be huge. But because I, I've seen aliens now with like I've seen all the different things. Like I, I I knew it was going to be like, they're not going to go small now. Like, you know, like they're going to try to, it's going to have to be meaningfully big. So that didn't surprise me too much. I mean, I thought it was fine. I liked it. I, I really didn't have any issue with that. I thought it was cute. And I thought the first sequence with the de-aged Harrison Ford was crazy well done. Like I
0: liked it too, yeah. I yeah. was
1: shocked at how effective it was. Like There was maybe only two seconds where I got a bit of Uncanny Valley. But I mean, for the most part, I bought it. Like I thought well, was...
0: my only problem is is that he had his old man voice with this de-aged face and I was like okay, when he started talking, I was like, That's old man that's that's old man indie. What what are we talking about? You know? Yeah. <laughs> that yeah, was my yeah. only issue with it. But it looked really good. Like they finally so I think they're starting to figure out how to not make it look uncanny valley when they de age people.
1: Yeah.
0: Um but like but I thought I thought it was really well done too. Yeah.
1: I just thought it was like I don't know. I I, I was, it was it's such a pleasure to see him again as mm-hmm. Indiana Jones, and I actually thought Phoebe Waller Bridge was was really cute in it. Like I really like her. Like I loved Fleabag, and I love seeing how she's gone from this really, you know, indie start to full on blockbuster. Right? She's in Star Wars. She's in Indiana Jones. She's like writing all like to me, I love that sort of story, but I thought like, I just think British accents are charming and I think she sounds so smart and I just think she's charming. And I, I just thought she was really good, but I was prepared for all the hate and of course it came.
0: Yes, yeah. But, uh, no, I didn't, I did not have, I was very happy to say that I did not have a big problem with this last Indiana Jones movie. Like I, like I was watching the movie and I was like, you know what, I'm in, I'm legitimately enjoying this. I am yeah. enjoying this movie. Yeah,
1: you kind of have to set your expectations because it is an old fashioned kind of movie.
0: It is. Yes. And it it definitely was like, um, it was definitely you felt the slower pace compared to all this stuff that's out there right now, which I kind of was like, happy about.
1: I appreciate it.
0: Yeah. There was this like pressure all the time.
1: Well, one thing I didn't say when we were talking about the slower pace and how I was sort of okay with it from a nostalgic point of view, but I think it's more than that. I think that we've forgotten sometimes that you kind of need to breathe sometimes, right? Like, you know, you need to have scenes that can sort of stretch out and that you can get to know them a bit and just have a moment before you're in the next thing. And so many movies just race from thing to thing to thing to thing.
0: Yeah, because it has to be a thing all the time.
1: Yeah. And like, there's movies that can do it well because they do keep successfully escalating and there's others that you just feel like it's like a big headache like a Shazam movie a recent Shazam movie like they're all just they're just just noisy but they're not they're not well thought out it's just one thing after another it's like a video game right
0: yes yeah and and I think that's also one of the reasons why video game movies don't work as well is because people like the people making those movies forget that like in between these points, you're putting together, usually there's like 10 hours of gameplay and then you have a cutscene, but you're just putting all the cutscenes together. It's a very different feel than yeah. playing a game, you know?
1: Yeah. Which is like, I mean, to go back, I guess, to Uncharted, which is like, I clearly love this genre, like, Romancing the Stone Raiders, whatever. Like, when Uncharted was released, like, I, I have that game and I like that game. And I was like, this would make a great movie. And then it made a movie. And so, of course, I was there. I watched it and it got really bad reviews. Um, I don't know why. It was exactly what I thought it would be. It was like a fun little treasure hunting adventure movie with cute Tom Holland. Like, I yeah. thought it was perfectly fine. I, I mean, was-
0: I I did not watch it in theaters. I did wait for it to, to come to streaming first. And then I watched it. and I was like... I understand why people hate it, but also I don't understand why they hate it that much. I don't understand why they
1: hate it. Like if you like an adventure movie, what's wrong with
0: it? Yeah, I don't know. I didn't I honestly did not enjoy it. Like I liked certain parts of it. Like I like Tom Holland as a character. Um, but I find even in in like quote unquote platonic relationships within the movie, you have to have chemistry. And Mark Rohlberger Mark Wahlberg and Tom you Holland. Said do, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm hungry. I don't know. Uh, but uh, Mark Wahlberg and Tom Holland do not have chemistry on screen together. Like they they seemed like. The, like they, they shook hands, nice to meet you, and was like, okay, we have a job to do. And they did their job. Yeah. You know, like they don't. Like Tom Holland was like cute and he was very like very peppy, and I'm gonna get things done.
1: You're just so earnest and peppy and cute.
0: Yeah, and then Mark Wahlberg was like, I'm the tough guy, and then they just, all, hey kid, be in, they just seem to be in different spaces. Yeah, yeah, I didn't
1: really mind that. I didn't really get that. I mean, they were it's guys. I don't, I think, I don't, I guess demand as much chemistry from guys. Like, mm. I feel like, I don't no, know. But you, mean, you it was you a pretty...
0: Yeah, but I find you still feel it with that. Yeah. Like, you, like, yeah. if two people don't get along on screen... You, you're like you, you, you get that feeling from it. Like you can see. I get it, that. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want
1: them to make more movies like this, and I thought it was fine. And I think they'll probably make a sequel. I think it did pretty well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think they'll they'll make a sequel too. But um, but yeah, like I agree with you. I think like a solid adventure movie that's relatively small, but just like a good time. I miss those. I like these. Mm-hmm. These are that, they're right.
1: That's that's the yeah. And romancing the stone is that kind of fun action adventure plus a believable love story so it's kind of everything i would want
0: (laughs) yeah and it's not it's not raunchy it's not crass like they don't you know what you know what a a thing about comedies right now especially romantic comedies where they start off with like they're two opposing sides yeah they hate each other
1: they hate each other but they they
0: like they actively like insult each other and like they go at each other whereas this that doesn't happen no he's just like you need better shoes are you sure you need this like whatever yeah you know and that's what i like about it i find a lot of comedies that have this kind of premise are mean these days
1: okay speaking of exactly that have you seen <laughs> the movie anyone but you
0: no, I saw the trailers for that and I was like, this looks horrendous and they seem like horrible people. I don't want to. It's literally
1: exactly what you're describing. It's a romantic comedy. There's no spoiler alert to, that, you know, they're meant to get together. But I mean, through a very silly misunderstanding at the very beginning, they decided that they hate each other and they completely overreact and they insult each other for a lot of the movie. But I knew that going in because I read the premise and I, you know, it's kind of played out. And it's definitely a ridiculous reason that they provide for this hate because it could so easily have been cleared up with even just one conversation, but yeah. they decide to just stew and insult each other all the time. But uh, I ended up liking it anyway. I don't know what my <laughs> were going down, but I thought it was so cute. Like I ended up, I think it's the actors. I ended up really liking the actors, and I kind of, I just wanted to buy into it. And then you know that song. uh, no one else can do it for you. Only you can let it in. No one else, no one else can take the words on your lips. Your life and
0: yeah, your that work. was part of a commercial for a razor to shave your legs. Oh, yeah. really? Yes. <laughs> if hilarious. I remember correctly, because I must have I was just like, this was a commercial. I, what commercial was this? I feel like it was like Nair or like a razor oh or something God. like that. There it is possibly shampoo but i I really it's a song
1: from i think 20 years ago it's called unwritten by anyway that song is all through this movie Mm -hmm. and over and over and when i left this movie i was like immediately had to listen to it
0: (laughs) um sorry i really have to look up what commercial this is in okay let's see Anyway, I'm happy. It was, sorry, it was um, It was Pantene Pro-V. It was shampoo. <laughs> okay. That's so I, I knew it was out there. I knew That's it, yeah. And so it was a hygiene thing of some sort, yeah. That's
1: some sort of grooming <laughs> situation. Yeah. Um, I love rom-coms, like, and I'm, so, I'm really happy that they're kind of coming back. And I think Netflix was responsible because they started putting all these rom-coms on Netflix. Like, Always Be My Baby and, uh love hard and all these other kind of straight to netflix movies
0: Uh
1: Um, and i would watch them because i'm like such an old fan of of rom-coms like but this one anyone but you they put in theaters which i thought was really risky but it's doing really well so i decided to support it and i went to theaters to watch it Uh and uh i feel like we're on a the tip of another renaissance right so i feel of, like of
0: the rom-com
1: of the rom-com
0: yeah yeah like i i mean i'm not i'm not a huge rom-com person um you probably know this um yeah. but if there's a twist or if there's something fun or if it's like really well done you know like i'm like when hearing that kind of thing my best yeah. friend's wedding that kind of stuff love it i love yeah. that stuff right but if it's just like a hallmark movie i'm sorry i'm sorry i can't i can't
1: i can't watch an actual hallmark movie yeah. right now i mean the, the the super formula ones that are like the christmas ones
0: mm-hmm.
1: like that's not what i'm talking about but like those classic ones like from like pretty woman my best I friend's hate, wedding pre- i'm
0: sorry wedding. I, I hate pretty woman with a passion i
1: know a lot of people I do i hate that movie yeah
0: Sorry.
1: <laughs> i still love it yeah. i still love it
0: you're allowed to don't worry yeah. but you
1: know what i did watch it again recently And I don't know that I would let Maddie watch it for a long time just because I hate the messaging. I just, it's a really bad movie for that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's legitimately like you can buy love. That's literally what the movie is about.
1: And also you can buy happiness and you're worthy of respect only if you're dressed up nicely. Yeah. And when you have the makeover and everybody's really happy to see you, Mm -hmm. that proves how worthwhile it is to have material possessions because because
0: you have to fit in if you don't fit in then you don't have any money and then sucks to be you yeah yeah
1: yeah Yeah, and yet i love it because she's so charming in it and i just think it's so cute and I, i i i fully admit all the problems but i just can't i can't help it
0: that's, that. that's sometimes sometimes you see a movie and it hits you in a certain place at a certain time yeah. and no matter how badly it's aged technically yeah. you're like no nah, this is this i still love it
1: and it's i see cool. i can quote it too i feel like i wrote it you know what i mean like it's like <laughs> it just it's just i just like it but yeah uh, anyway but it's yeah. funny, because I feel like Romancing the Stone is sort of... It's before that, but it, Romancing the Stone came out in the middle of, like, when Harry Met Sally was just about to be released, probably. I don't yeah. remember. But, like,
0: What year it came out? Yeah. Yeah.
1: But it, I feel like it was just, like, ready on the precipice of the boom of all these types of movies. Yeah.
0: 1989, When Harry Met Sally.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: It's a little later than I thought, actually. End of the 80s. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, there are definitely... You will definitely catch me watching some certain rom-coms. Yeah, it might like new rom-coms. It might take some work to talk me into watching, and then I will like it. But you know, I'll, I'll get around some, to it.
1: I've been watching some sort of mid two thousands rom or I don't know when they came out, but like, uh, ghosts of girlfriends past.
0: Oh, I've never seen that one. Yeah, Matthew I know Pondy. of it. Yeah,
1: because I've been watching them on Netflix, so they're recommending them to me, and so I. Uh, I thought it was okay and then i also watched um what is it just like heaven or feels like heaven i
0: haven't seen that it's one either, reese, yeah.
1: it's reese witherspoon and mark ruffalo oh
0: okay
1: and mark ruffalo moves into an apartment in san francisco and reese witherspoon's there but she's like a ghost
0: okay that's okay
1: I think you should watch it just because I'm curious to see what you think of it. Just like
0: heaven, okay.
1: It's a legitimately strange movie for a rom-com.
0: All right, got it. Okay. Um, I think the the, I want to see what's what's the newest rom-com I've watched. Yeah, it's been a long time since I've watched a new rom-com, to be honest. I think it was like, What's Your Number or something else. Oh my god. (laughs) That movie is technically horrible, but it's got, like, four, three or four Avengers in it, and the ending's really cute, and I'm just like, Chris Evans, you could have my heart too. There
1: you go. Four Avengers in it? Seriously? Yeah.
0: There's, so there's Chris Evans, there's Anthony Mackie, there's Chris wow. Pratt, and who's the other one? Or maybe it's three Avengers. I That's feel like crazy, though. I feel like there's one more. Might be wrong, but there's at least three. Those are the three I remember.
1: Is that Anna Ferris?
0: Anna Ferris is the the main girl oh, in it, yes. I
1: have seen it. I just, it's been a, like I saw it when it was in theaters, I think.
0: Yeah. No, I definitely saw it at home, bored at one point in time. And I was like, oh, it's cute. Okay. This is, this is fine. <laughs> <laughs> but I've even seen movies like, um, like How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days and, and that kind of thing. Um, well that oh. one I that one I was legitimately trapped on a plane and that was like the this was back in the day where you didn't have like channels you didn't have you a had choice. like you had like two movies to pick from and this was one of them and I watched it <laughs> and I was like and I was like Okay, it made the flight go by faster. This is fine. You yeah, know, it's that kind of thing. The
1: yeah. premise of that movie is so preposterous, though, that they made these opposite bets. Like, that's such a ridiculous. Nobody makes bets like that, and for them to both have made that bet at the exact same time, it and just, then to
0: meet each other, yeah, as well. it just yeah.
1: it strains credibility so much.
0: It does. Like, well, I think a lot of these rom coms, though, the way the setup is made, you're just like, you know what? I'm just gonna go with it. Sure. You just you know? have to
1: go with it. But I yeah. mean, I feel like that's the most egregious of anyone I think
0: <laughs> Oh wait, I've seen Hitch. I liked Hitch. I loved Hitch. 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 Yes. Seen Hitch. I love yeah. that
1: movie. Yeah. So you yeah. know,
0: I have I've seen a decent amount of rom coms yeah, in my you life. Have, yeah. 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 I'm pretty that's good amazing. ones at that. So, you know. I
1: think Notting Hill is like one of the
0: best, if not the best. I actually have never watched Notting Hill. <laughs> <laughs> also, I've never watched uh what's the other, uh Toby, no, is it Toby McGuire, Jerry McGuire,
1: Jerry Maguire, that's, You never. That's
0: yeah, that's the one. People were just like, "You've never seen that movie? Well, show me the money. That's all I need to know. I don't <laughs> care." At that one end, and you had me at, at hello. That's the only two lines I need to know. About and this you movie. complete me. Oh, that's right. You completely, yeah. So you look at
1: of- three iconic lines. You need to watch
0: this movie. <laughs> isn't, isn't all that within the same conversation? The you had made a hello and you completely is not the same conversation? That's
1: that's the same conversation, yeah. Okay,
0: so it's fine. It's fine. It's
1: fine. <laughs> <laughs> I am surprised you never saw that, though. It was a bit of a cultural moment.
0: It was. It was one of those things where I was just like, I'm not going to watch it. And then I was like, you have to watch it. And then and you it became, it's like, it was like too late. You know, and then I was just like, man. <laughs> You
1: know it was that kind of <laughs> I haven't thing. seen that one in a really long time but do you know what I did watch recently is uh Bridget Jones diary oh yeah mm-hmm. it's so I good have,
0: I have not seen that one since it came out oh wow yeah I did I... not see it in the theater I saw it on like on like TV or something right it was, it was like three years after it came out then Fine. right? um but that was the only time I watched it. it was like once when it originally came out I didn't even see like the sequels.
1: Sequels are not. I don't. I think the third sequel was pretty decent, but the first one I just think is so magically charming. It's just mm-hmm. so good. The soundtrack, and she's so good in it, mm-hmm. and Will or not Will, um, Hugh Grant is so good in it.
0: Yeah,
1: like as this sort of rake, this lousy, well, that was
0: that was like, like the start of charming. his like villain career, isn't it? Yeah, because before he's...
1: that, like. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Before that, he was always like the perfect love interest. Um, he was like
1: this bumbling, shy, modest person. Yeah. And this character, he's like super confident, super like sexy, mean person, kind of. Yeah. But charming and, still. Still charming. And now
0: he's gone sort of like even beyond like the quote unquote villain where he's like, he's a caricature of a villain but still a villain you know yeah. in a couple of things i'm just like what are you what are you, what is this career path that you're taking right i now, love right? his career
1: path though honestly i it's love it like he's so funny and always self-deprecating he he actually said in an interview, oh i'm well past my my love interest days if you look at me now like now i can only pull off really hammy villains or something like yeah just i
0: don't know of- i was you see the last time i saw him not be a weird villain was in the man from uncle and he shows up at like a party in like a suit and whatever i'm like you could totally still be like the lead in like a rom-com or something what are you talking about he You're could fine. he's
1: still very charming even if he looks older he still looks very good but yes. i don't i mean his interest is not in there anymore like
0: yeah he's just he's just sick of it i think That's yeah it. He's i mean he's
1: ex- probably, it's probably more fun to be a villain
0: yeah i would think so you get to do manacle laughs and be crazy why not Why not? Is it
1: loopah in the New Walker movie, which I haven't seen?
0: I have seen it. I'm not Mm, nobody listening can see my face, but I think I think Austin's getting the point. Mm.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm not that surprised. It didn't look that good, but
0: yeah, it really my biggest problem with it was I was warned it was a musical. But I wasn't warned about how much of a musical it was. And then the song started and I'm like, these songs suck.
1: No, no. That was
0: my biggest problem. Like, look, if you're going to if you're going to put me somewhere to watch a musical, the songs have to be good. Right. And I actually don't remember a single song. And I remember sitting there going like, what is what is this? What is this melody? What is this? What is happening? what are these words they don't make any what like it just the songs were just bad and forgettable and so it just didn't do anything
1: well, that's too bad yeah i know i actually i i was going to take maddie to see that and uh she refused she didn't want to see it <laughs> I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> I mean, but she really wanted to see mean girls and i said it's also musical and she was, i don't care i want to see mean girls so we saw yeah. that and she yeah. loved it
0: she loved it that's good
1: Cause she already loved the the original, cause I pummeled it into her. Like, yeah. I've watched the original so many times, but like, yeah. Have you seen it? The new one?
0: I have not, because it came out after Wonka, and I was like, I'm done with musicals for right now. Thanks. I think it's fine.
1: I thought, I, but I like musicals.
0: Yeah, I'm not a huge musicals fan. Um, so so I was just like, I don't think I could sit through another one of these right now. That's well, fair. We'll
1: no one's gonna make you. We won't force you.
0: Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> I mean, I'm a very big fan of the movie. I even saw the stage play, um, so I think I, I did pretty good. Yeah, no, you've yeah.
1: You've, uh, you've done your time.
0: Yes, yes, I think so. Um, but circling back to *Romancing the Stone*, what are what are your final thoughts and recommendations on this movie?
1: I think everybody should watch this movie if you like adventure movies or romantic comedies or both. I feel like as we've been talking about adventure movies, and romantic comedies, I think a lot of movies today owe a lot to this movie, um, especially very specific ones. Like I'd say the lost city basically would not exist without Romancing the stone. And uh, like, I think, I think it's just a fun movie.
0: It is. Yeah. I absolutely agree with you because I think if somebody just, you just want like a fun time and watch a fun movie and people have some fun and, why not it's yeah. good you're gonna you're gonna have a good time you know
1: totally so, and you know there really aren't that many movies like that still like the Lost city came out but there are really not very many action adventure romantic comedies
0: no there aren't no like the a lot of a lot of that is those like as we were mentioning before with like 10, ten things things hate about you and stuff it's a that weird situational mishap or bet or something and then you gotta figure it out. You're like, no, let's let's go do something and fall in love. You know, it's yeah. a way to do it. I mean you
1: have there's rom coms are coming back, but I I don't think the adventure part is always there or there's adventure movies with romance, but I feel like this is a very specific thing.
0: Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. It's a very yeah it's it's adventure rom com, not a rom com with some adventure or an adventure movie with a little romance in it. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's truly really there. a
1: hybrid. I
0: yeah. Would say. Definitely. Um, well, Austin, I love talking to you.
1: Love talking to you, too. Yeah. And this was fun. And thank you for letting me do this one. Like, they were both... Re- I really enjoyed both of these movies.
0: Yes, I... I love it when I haven't, ep- most episodes, I must admit, I enjoy wat- re-watching the movies. There's a- always a couple here and there where I'm just like, oh, this is age batter. Oh, God, I don't like this anymore. <laughs> um, last week's episode was very difficult to get through. Um, so I was very happy that I made a full switch and had a good time with these two movies.
1: That's good.
0: Yes. That's good. Yeah. Well, of course, we'll have to get you back next year for Valentine's Day.
1: <laughs> definitely. Definitely down.
0: All right. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Well, that's it for this episode of Off My Shelf. Until next time, you can follow along on Instagram and Twitter at OMyshelf, My Shelf. Or you can send an email to ohmyshelf at gmail.com. This episode was produced and edited by me, Tracy, with the original theme song by Ori Falconer. Like, subscribe, leave a comment wherever you listen to this podcast. Come back next time to see what falls off my shelf.